0: Goes by the pseudonym Bo Bo Snerdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air.
1: Rush, Rush. Rush.
0: Now here's Bo Snerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: Welcome, my friends, to the Thursday edition of Bo Snerdly's Rush Hour here on WABC Talk Radio 77. If you would like to be part of the program... 800-848-W-A-B-C is the number 800-848-9222. It is Thursday. That means it is Andrew Giuliani time. Welcome, Andrew. How are you, my friend?
2: James, I'm doing well. Great to be with you as always.
1: Well, we have a lot to discuss, Andrew, so let's jump right to it. I cannot believe some of these headlines that I am seeing. I'll just give you one. This is from the Daily Mail. Breaking news. Department of Justice describes Biden as well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. In damning classified documents probe, President 81 will not be charged, even though he posed a significant national security risk. Now, this is a case that they never wanted to take on, but after they went and raided Mar-a-Lago, where they had no right to, given the fact that the President of the United States is the person that ultimately can decide what documents are classified and not, and under the Presidential Records Act, the President can take what documents he wants with him, nonetheless, this Justice Department went in and raided Mar-a-Lago. It later turned out that we learned Joe Biden, as Vice President of the United States, who does not enjoy the same privileges as a president, had also ha- had classified documents. His was stored all over the place, in his garage, in other places. And so finally, the DOJ reluctantly did an investigation. And today we get the results well joe's well-meaning he's elderly he's got a poor memory so we're not gonna bother charging him Andrew, what is your reaction to this Uh,
2: james you could spend the whole hour i mean heck you could spend the whole rest of the afternoon evening talking just about this case in particular Uh, just again for perspective on this even though it's admitted that biden willfully removed these documents again repeated
3: willfully
2: removed these documents Trump actually faces 40 criminal charges and get this, 450 years potentially behind bars for what they're trying to charge him with. Even though they've said that Joe Biden, who, as you've mentioned very, very well here, did not have the authority to declassify these documents as the vice president. The one thing that you could say if you were Biden potentially with those documents as vice president is guess, guess what? This classified material came to me. This is something that has happened to other vice presidents, including Pence, that we saw. And so this stuff got confused with, um, with other actual material. Now, I always looked at this and said, well, then how can you explain the classified material he has as, as a senator? Because you don't have classified material if you're a member of Congress delivered to your office. You have to go into a skiP, You can't take your cell phones. You can't take any other information that can copy that And so you literally have to remove that classified document from a skiff in order to get that mixed in with your papers right here. But this this uh, this report here by the special counsel, the former U.S. attorney from the state of Maryland, basically says that he willfully removed it. And then obviously we can get to the whole part where they call him an elderly man and this happens to be the leader of the free world and the president of the United States. I mean, I guess we didn't need a US attorney to actually tell us this because he keeps on seeing dead former presidents of Europe. I mean, uh, it's it's like I see dead people except I see dead presidents over here. So so this is a, a fascinating report and to me it almost looks a little bit like uh, almost the beginning of cutting a deal with the current president of the United States saying, hey, look, you know, we aren't going to charge you on this, but we are going to obliterate you, and we are going to try to do everything we can to see if you will step aside and have somebody else run here for the Democratic nomination and to be president wow. of the United States. That's, my, that's, that's what that's you my think this is. You
1: think this is a precursor to, a, to them trying to force Trump into a deal?
2: That's that's my thought on this in terms of Biden. I think that they're looking at Biden and they're saying, you know what? We're going to cut you a deal. We're not going to go after you. We're not going to do this, but step aside. And this is the beginning of We're going to show that you ultimately can't remember the year that your son Bo died. You were confused about the years you were vice president of the United States. So they're doing everything they can to show that this guy is not equipped to run a McDonald's. Forget about run the United States of America.
1: Oh my, Andrew, this is interesting. This is a way to leverage Joe Biden's age against him. Joe, time to move over. What an interesting analysis. All right, I want to, before we leave this topic and move on to some of the other things, like Joe Biden talking to dead presidents and prime ministers (laughs) of Europe, I want to just stay for a minute on this classified document thing, because this is what troubles me. This entire... Discussion of classified materials in Washington, D.C. is a crock. It is a big pile of manure. Everybody that pays attention to news and that follows it knows a few things. Government officials routinely use their personal emails to conduct government business, and they are never held accountable for it. We know that Hillary used not only her personal emails, but had set up a personal server at her house. The FBI declined to comment on it. In fact, there was another one of her servers that was set up in some bathroom somewhere in Colorado, if memory serves me right, by a company that was handling stuff for her. There was classified material. Go ahead. Bo, she, she was only she was
2: only communicating about Chelsea's wedding and, and yoga, if I remember correctly here. I mean, don't you
3: believe that, Bo? You, you don't no.
1: believe that? Oh, okay. No. No, I never believed it, and I never well, believed that the FBI, <laughs> and I can never believe that the FBI, the same people that tell us they can track down everybody using social media that, that marched into the Capitol on January 6th, that they can't track down or 30 some odd thousand emails that mysteriously disappeared, either.
2: <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, may, maybe Joe Biden is well, seeing dead presents. Maybe he could find uh, deleted emails. Who knows?
1: Well, here's the problem with all of that, Andrew. Number one, there's supposed to be a backup system for every communication that goes in and out of the White House. And time and time again, whether it's the IRS, we can't find our emails. Whether it's the Secret Service, we can't find our emails. There are supposed to be redundant systems set up in this government so that government, communicates, government communications can be tracked. Every time it comes to some Democrat that wears, let's see the paper trail, the paper trail disappears. And that's whether it's the IRS, that's whether it's Hillary Clinton, that's whether it's Joe Biden and the multiple aliases that he used. And I don't see that in any of these headlines either because that goes, that wasn't in the scope of this. But Joe Biden used regularly, used alias emails to communicate. And this is part of it was he was communicating business dealings apparently with his son. So, and then you get to the other figures in the administration that do the same thing, whether it's on climate matters, whether it's over at the EPA. So there is a shadow operation happening when it comes to government uh, communications. And it's well known. And there is not a thing that Congress demands to be done about this. There's not a thing. But the average citizen looking at this says this whole system is corrupt. And yeah. why is it that Joe Biden can now get away with this, where he willfully took documents, oh, he's old, let him go, with Hillary. She didn't, oh, she didn't mean it. She was well-intentioned. And we're being told the same thing about Joe Biden. He's well-intentioned. Well, if well-intentioned and being older is the excuse, then why are they still pressing Donald Trump on anything? Donald yeah. Trump is older, and he's, all, he's well-intentioned. So if we're going to go by that criteria for actually enforcing the law, then why, why, why do we not hold others to the same standards?
2: Well, yeah, you said it, James. Because they're Democrats. I mean, that's that's simply the answer on this, and and they're protecting their own when it comes to this. Um, you know, again, a couple of things in this report that really grabbed me when I saw this was that they admitted that there was actually sensitive intelligence sources, and methods in all this. So we're not just talking about a public schedule that the, that the vice president may have had or some ceremonial events over here, obviously. But again, you're talking about really sensitive intelligence sources, different ways that uh, the intelligence world actually goes about getting their, uh, getting their information here. And to me, as soon as it, it admitted that Biden willfully removed these documents, Uh, That right there uh, means that he should be absolutely charged or indicted with something because he did not have, as you pointed out right at the very top of the show, he doesn't have the authority to declassify these documents as a senator or as a vice president. Only the president of the United States has this. And the fact that we're dealing with President Trump, that he's facing 40 criminal charges and 450 years in prison when he has the authority to declassify And Joe Biden, who willfully retained and removed these classified documents, is not going to face any charges. I think it, again, just shows you how biased and how corrupt, sadly, Washington, D.C. is.
1: Let's turn to the Supreme Court. Every headline today from news outlets seem to indicate that the Supreme Court is taking a very dim view on this Colorado case that would disqualified Donald Trump using the 14th Amendment. Now, many of us thought that this should never have even reached the level of the Supreme Court. It was clearly obvious for anyone looking at the 14th Amendment that it was a wild fantasy stretch to believe that they can use this to disqualify a former president of the United States from running again. Yet, the tenacity of liberals can never be underestimated. They will take the flimsiest of, of arguments, put millions of dollars behind them, and their advocacy groups, and try to press for a legal outcome that they want. That is exactly what happened here. And today they got in front of the Supreme Court, and the flaws in their argument were glaring not only to conservative justices, but to even some of the liberals on the bench, who questioned the lawyer from Colorado, the solicitor general from Colorado, and and there were no good answers that could come about on why this case was even um, brought to the Supreme Court. The idea that the president is an officer and not, if the Constitution had wanted the president to be named, they would have said the president and not just an officer of the United States. That was one of the things that came up in the hearings. There's several others that showed the flimsiness of this case. So I would be surprised, and I think many others would be surprised, if this points to anything but a complete dismissal of this dismal case brought by partisan hacks in colorado
2: yeah and i think when you look at all the arguments on this and everything that you highlighted right there the the thing that may be trump's strongest argument on all this and frankly the strongest argument for due process whether or not you like president trump whether you don't like president trump however you feel about the guy this is somebody who has never been tried or never been charged with insurrection yet all of a sudden the colorado supreme court uh, and yet three Democrats vote against it. But it was 4 three all Democrats who ended up voting to remove him from the ballot for insurrection, even though he's never even had the opportunity, the ability to put up a defense for this whatsoever. So when you talk about actually due process, um, it is uh, it's, again, beyond unconscionable to think that they would do this. And, you know, I was hopeful. I really thought that the Supreme Court would come with a 6-3 decision on this just because We've been so politically polemic here over the last bunch of years, um, but it was good to see these liberal justices actually questioning and showing just how dubious these charges are, um, because the thing is you're just going to get a the continued chaos of political actors removing candidates in one state, and then you're going to have retaliatory measures in another state, and it's going to be complete chaos on the ballot if you allow this president to step forward. But again, this is a man who was never charged with, this is a man who was never tried with insurrection, and yet they remove him from the ballot for insurrection. That is not the The only theory. thing that I would argue
1: yeah. is that he, yeah. the only thing I would argue differently, Andrew, is that he was charged. He was charged by the Congress, which is the constitutional provision that was made to charge a president. He was impeached a second time over this, by members of that corrupt Democrat party in the House that would not allow Republicans to actually participate fully in that J6 investigation that they did. And so they did impeach him, and and he was not convicted. So to me, the way I look at this, yes, it was adjudicated in the only way that it could be constitutional, and he was not convicted. That's one of the other reasons this case should have never come up.
2: Yeah, that's a very good point, too. And and if you want to also look beyond then at the January 6th committee, he never had the opportunity to present any kind of a defense with that. But if you want to look at that second impeachment and say that it was adjudicated, was never convicted of this, uh, you can say that as well. But in terms of a court of law, um, he's never had the opportunity to actually lay out a real defense on this, Uh, and to me, the fact that they would try to remove him when he's not been, whether it's, as you say, convicted or kind of the way that I've presented it, which has even tried or had the opportunity to present a real defense in a court of law. Right. Um, either way, it's uh, it just shows you, again, when you have these political actors that is that are in these judicial roles, as we've seen more and more over the last 15 years in our country, uh, you're going to come up with some crazy rulings, that's going to really really undermine our constitutional republic here in the United States of America and this is uh, another sad example of it.
1: Andrew can you hold on please let's let's continue this on the other side of a break here. Uh 1943 Creed Bratton is born from grassroots. Diego what's the name of this song that we're Diego, what's the name of this song that you're playing right now from grassroots.
0: This is Let's Live For Today.
1: This one's your favorite, right?
0: This is my favorite because this I heard this one when I found out that Creed Bratton from The Office, which is one of my favorite shows, was, in fact, a musician from the 60s. And I looked this up. I saw the video. And I i love it because it's my favorite, one of my favorite characters of TV, and he's playing guitar on American Bandstand, you know? So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yep. Creed Bratton. And he does play the fictional version of himself on The Office. WABC Talk Radio 77. Boston Nervy's Rush Hour. Andrew Giuliani is here. We're going to continue. Other things to discuss. We see you on the phones. And we're going to come to phone calls as soon as we can. WABC Talk Radio 77. James Golden. It is Nervy's Rush Hour. Stay with us.
0: You'll be my loving woman. I'll be your loving man. We'll take the most from living I pleasure while we can. Two, three, four. Down, down, down. The Rush Hour is on the air. Attention ditto heads. Attention bow Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. It's been a while, not much. How about you?
1: Oh yeah, you remember this.
0: I'm not sure. England why Dan. I I really
1: and John Ford Coley.
0: To, talk to you.
1: Big hit back I in 1976.
0: Later on, we could get together for a while.
1: Heavenly birthday today for Dan Seals. It's been such a long that would be England long. Dan. Never really miss your Passed away in 2009. Younger brother of Seals and Croftman uh member Jim Seals. Really? Yeah. Yep, England Dan. Brother of Jim Seals. And this was such a huge hit. Still sounds great. Andrew Giuliani. James always. Andrew you were just a kid. Good. Were you even born when that record came? <laughs>
2: No, I was I was not born, and you said he passed away in two thousand and nine. So I wonder if Joe Biden's been having conversations with him as well.
1: <laughs> All right, let's let's just do that because this is un. I just try to imagine what this partisan press would have done. They tried to <laughs> portray Ronald Reagan as hopeless. Ronald Reagan never had conversations. Went out in the press. And said, yeah, I had a talk last night with some dead leader in Europe. Let alone twice in the same week. <laughs> Joe Biden gets out. He first tells us that he had a, a meeting with uh, with Mitterrand, dead, from France. And now he says he's had a conversation. He recently spoke with uh, Cole, the German leader, who's also been dead. <laughs> and this is... It's insanity. Yeah. And the press just treats us like, oh, that's old Joe. I,
2: I mean, I guess you can say he's improving because the, the French president was old, was been dead for 30 years, and now he's talking to somebody who's only been dead for seven years. So I guess he's getting a little closer to present in terms of when their date of deceased was. But doesn't this line up with uh, exactly what was released, what the special counsel ended up saying in terms of this being an elderly man with a, with a poor memory? This lines up uh, exactly. And by the way, you didn't need to see this special counsel's report to see that. You could just look at your own two eyes and everything he seemed to have said, the blanks that he's continued to have, uh, the fact that he won't sit down for what would be a very softball Super Bowl interview with CBS News here, coming up in a few short days, which, by the way, is pre-taped anyway. So if he did end up having a gap, or if he did, you know that his handlers would work with the press to make sure it would be smooth as possible. But he just he just can't handle it at this point because he's seeing dead people, and he, again, is an elderly man with a poor memory.
1: Wow. Well, you know who's not elderly and doesn't have a poor memory? That's Cut-Em-Loose Alvin. I still cannot believe that you had a gang of illegal immigrants beat the snot out of two New York City police officers and the District Attorney of New York lets most of them go. Well, and he's been getting fierce, fierce criticism. So it should be no surprise that yesterday, Manhattan District Attorney Bragg indicted seven migrants, accusing them of attacking New York City police officers. He announced the charges uh, yesterday afternoon and went to detail into explaining uh, why he was bringing charges against them. Here's the thing: we don't, we still don't know where some of these people are. We don't know no. where they are. They let them go. Some of them supposedly on a bus to California. We saw pictures the other days of them of what we were told was some of these migrants being picked up in Phoenix. It turns out that there's some dispute about that. Not sure whether they picked up the right ones. Don't know where these people are. How in the world would anybody with a, with a modicum of common sense allow people that beat up New York City cops that are here in this country illegally? We don't know how many false identities they're using. We don't know if they're even using their real identities. Why would you let them walk out of jail in the first place?
2: No, you wouldn't at all, James. And, and the thing is, I, I think Alvin Bragg's excuse was, they were trying to verify the tape and verify the identities on the tape. Well, get your butt out of bed and get into work and to go look at this tape. Spend the next 45 minutes identifying all the, all these identities here. So that way, you know, if you do have somebody right now that you are holding and you can actually put bail on them and, and make sure that they're not going to go flee across the country, you do that. But uh, we know that this is not just about Alvin Bragg. Um, that this is all really, again, about politics and the fact that he's owned by George Soros and they continue to push these radical policies that are going after ideals like bail reform, like our cities. And I've criticized Kathy Hochul in all this too because she's talking tough the last couple days, James. But the two things that she could be doing that actually would back that up is one, she could remove Alvin Bragg for dereliction of his duty. He has violated his oath of office to New Yorkers and the New York State Constitution. Go to Article 2, Section 1, and you can read it right there. Kathy Oakley can do that. And the second thing, she should introduce legislation, as she have done this a week ago, to the legislature in the state of New York, in Albany, actually trying to repeal New York being a sanctuary state and helping CBP, helping ICE to make sure that they can find these migrants here. But she just she's continuing to talk tough, But actually not backing it up
1: Why am I surprised Andrew as always you are a wealth Of information and great Analysis I so enjoy speaking with you Our Thursdays Thank you so much Andrew
2: Thank you as always James keep it up My friend
1: And we're trying our best 1986 Anderson Pack American rapper singer Songwriter amazing drummer Won his first Grammy Best Rap Performance with Bubbling back in 2018. This is Silk Sonic. He teamed up with Bruno Mars. They won a song of the year and record of the year for in that year, Leave the Door Open. This is the song that uh, is, uh, TJ tells me is about um, smoking weed in a car. Is that right, Diego?
0: I mean, the title of it is literally "smoking out the window," so yeah, that that tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah, I mean, James we play Lucy in the sky of, in the sky with diamonds all the time.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> right? so just just yeah, why not? We already played the LSD song. Let's play some smoking weed songs. <laughs> I like <laughs> exactly. your, I, I, I it. I like the way you think. Boston early's rush hour. Your call's coming up. Keep it right here on WABC.
0: It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snertley on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: 1986, Billy Ocean starts a four-week run at number one. With this one, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Let's head to the telephones. We want to get as many people as we can. Let's start with Mike in St. James. Yes, Mike, how are you? Fine.
3: Fine, thank you. I have two very quick ones. Get to the point. Uh, when the president is crossing the White House lawn and a reporter he shouts, Mr. President, why don't you close the border? He answers, I don't have the power. I don't have the authority. You think he's serious?
1: No. No, this has been, look, let me as clearly as poss- clearly as I can say, the reason that we are having an invasion into America, I said six, it, now we've had reports one million in the last year. So that would make it seven million. Seven million. Close to the entire population of New York during Joe Biden's tenure. There's only one reason that we are having an invasion of this magnitude into America of illegal immigrants. That is because Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, the Democrat Party wants this invasion. There is no other explanation for it. Alejandro Mayorkas, the inept, incompetent, Director of Homeland Security, wants this invasion. Joe Biden wants this invasion. His entire administration and his entire party want this invasion. The only thing that they don't want is to pay for it. They don't want New York to have the money to deal with the influx. They don't want Chicago, Illinois. They don't want any of the other places to actually have the money to pay for it but they want the invasion that's what I think hmm. okay Mike thanks so much let's go to Long Island jo- George you're up next hello George in Long Island let us move on to Sal in Staten Island how are you
3: hey Bo Sal to Sal from Staten Island able body guy from Central and South America, Arabic countries also hate our guts, are getting the best treatment in Staten Island while American veterans are out in the elements. God help them. I'm going to the VA hospital tonight. I have the same virus that knocked your uh, colleague, uh, uh, Greg Kelly, out for a couple of days. I hope it's not too serious. In the meantime, let's um, say prayers for the family and those five brother American Marines who died protecting us. And the bottom line is, but my faith in Christ gets me by, my faith in myself, speaking with you, a good friend, Rudy and the rest, God bless you all, Rita. And knowing that Dr. Esposito and Dr. Powell and Staten Island help my dog and Paws of War is taking care of him and keeping him safe. He went from death, the door of death, to getting better. God bless you, and keep up the great work, Paisano.
1: And, and God bless you, and we pray for your complete recovery. Greg Kelly's back on the air with us. and. Viruses are going around this country, and I don't want to sound like a kook conspiracist because you know I have a thing with the kooks, but I'm going to tell you something. There are more weird viruses that have started to emerge ever since COVID was released. And to me, there's a connection there, and that's all I'll say about that at this point. Not a doctor. This is just an opinion. Richie in Brooklyn, New York, you are up next. Thank you for waiting, Richie. How are you?
4: Hey, Bo, nice to hear from you. Uh, I'm a retired police officer, and I just want to make it short. You know, we're losing all our tools, which has been mentioned over and over again. The nightstick, uh, the, the DA. But what used to happen when we were on the job, when a supervisor came and it was a commotion like that, he said, lock everybody up and we'll sort it out at the police station. And if you weren't involved, you were released. And that's a tool, too. Like, why wasn't everybody collared?
1: Yeah, well, here's, I have another question for you, um, Rich, and I don't mean this to be disrespectful to the two officers who were beaten, but I really remember the day when a group of thugs would not have dared try to beat up, kick down, and beat the snot out of police officers because they knew that those officers were so well trained and that those officers had, as you say, night sticks and everything else, that if they dare try this, they would end up being tuned up and they'd get a tune-up that could send them to the hospital. Why, what has happened, Richie? You were on the job. What has happened where we have police officers now getting beat up on New York City streets?
4: Uh, yeah. America lost its discipline. That's what I can tell
1: you, Bo. (laughs) And I'll tell you another thing that people used to know, and I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but people just, come on, I'm just being real. People used to know that. If you dare beat up a police officer and you even make it to the police station, come on, Richie, you know what I'm trying to say here. You beat up a police officer and then you get to custody you know, there's gonna be some hell to pay. You don't beat up cops. You, that was a kind of a known thing. Am I wrong here? But somewhere we lost our,
4: you know, the way. Along the way, we lost all of this. I think America lost its discipline. Oh,
1: man, well, this is just discouraging, Richie. And I know it must be discouraging for you to see this going on.
4: Yes, because um, you know it hurts. You know because I was in the business.
1: Yep. Okay, Richie. Thank you so much for the call. Love you, brother. Larry in Brooklyn, New York. You're up next. How you doing, Larry?
3: Yeah. Okay. You know, a few days ago, uh, Jacqueline called and she he, she labeled Fanny Willis with a uh, not so nice pejorative referring to a woman of ill repute. Now, I don't mind. I'm not defending Sandy Willis. I just don't like misuse of the word. I think it applies to somebody else. And uh, basically, we have a governor that's not working for the people, that's working for her own herself and a narrow, her narrow parochial interests. That's a whore, okay? That's a whore. And she has the letters to prove it, okay? She goes to Alvin Bragg, and she starts talking privately to him, why doesn't she talk to the people of New York State? Why does she talk in private, having a private conversation? She's the governor, for God's sakes. I mean, she's got the brain of like an ant, this woman. She is so stupid. It's unbelievable. And Alvin Brad comes out and then says, I am disgusted. I am outraged and disgusted by what I saw. Well, what, what wasn't he outraged and disgusted the first time when he let them go? Obviously nope. not. We're all being taken for fools. She should have fired if she was working for the people in New York State. She should have fired him. She is a hoe. Period. Jacqueline, stand corrected.
1: Whoa. Now you know I don't approve of people calling people whores and hoes, Larry. However, you have expressed yourself with the passion that you feel and that many others feel. People cannot believe, Larry, what they are seeing happen in their city, in their state, and in their country. This is at a crisis point. We have 7 million people here. Every day you pick up the paper, organized gangs coming in from African nations, from Asian nations, from Central American nations, from all over the world, pouring into America nonstop. And the crimes... Going through the, do you remember the grief that Donald Trump took in 2016 when he came down that escalator and he started talking about immigration? People's jaws were dropping. He kept saying, you know, a lot of these countries send us their worst. They send us their rapists. They send us their criminals. They send us their murderers and thieves. Everybody. Oh, you are such a, you are such a racist. Well, I wonder if these same people today are willing to say you know what we had it wrong because they are seeing what is on parade and that is not to say and i want to be really clear about that the majority of people coming here illegally breaking our laws are not murderers thieves racist or or, or rapist or anything of the sort but there are a significant amount of people that are coming through these open borders with the intent to commit criminal acts in this country. And by opening the borders and not securing the borders, we're opening it up to everything, and we are getting everything. Unreal. Janice in New York City. How are you, Janice?
5: Hi. but oh, you're not going to believe this, there's something happening and it has been happening first of all uh when biden took some of those papers it was on your station it was on for like a day and a half a couple of times he took it they they took it to china it was delivered to chinatown to an apartment building now they had the address that's why i'm telling you this whole thing is a plan that's being ignored and we're just making excuses I heard them say they said delivered his papers to Chinatown to this apartment building. So obviously the government knows, and they've done nothing. And the other thing is this, with the congestive pricing, when it first came out, and I haven't heard it, they, um, they were supposed to put police by the turnstiles. They are losing millions and millions of dollars a month, and that's why they said they had to do it. Because I listen to your station like an idiot 24 hours a day. And I hear these things, and then I don't hear them again. But it makes sense. But they're killing New York. Once you do the pricing, I wouldn't go to a doctor in New York anymore to pay all that extra money, and people aren't going to work there because bosses aren't going to give them that extra money. It's just terrible what's happening. This congestion
1: pricing yesterday article, I forget in which paper, that it is now due to go into effect in June they're still trying to work out how they're going to fleece everybody. So that's part of it. They need to figure out their their fleece plan on this. I think this is a terrible idea. I think that uh, I've thought it's a terrible idea, and it is going to do more harm than good in New York, as most things that Democrats come up with. Janice, you're absolutely right, as always. Thank you. Got to check in with Lou Dobbs right now, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah. Get
0: out of my mind.
1: Birthday today, Paul Wheatbread, with Gary Puckett, Union Gap. This was a big one in 1968. Oh, I'm being accused of having a double standard by the Countess of Conspiracy. She heard the gentleman calling Governor Hochul those words. And she says, yeah, this is a double standard. Women get called that name. Men who do the same things as these women don't get called by those names. Okay.
0: Let's start calling them
1: Guess that, what? Please. No, no, no. I'll cop to it. I'll right. cop to it, Countess. Women who do those things get called those names. Because women are supposed to hold themselves to a higher standard than men. How about that? Time to check in with Lou Dobbs.
0: See what
1: he's saying? Yeah. That come on look. Young. Oh, girl. We'll
3: be
0: right back. No Let run. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Nerdly. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Nerdly. Rush. Rush? Now, here's Bo Nerdly. 64.
1: This song is under investigation by the FBI. No kidding. The FBI is investigating a song. They thought it could be offensive, and so the song's publishers offered $1,000 to anyone who could definitely distinguish and prove there were dirty words in the song, and they had to pay out. Unbelievable. FBI investigating a song. Let's do the thing. James Golden,
0: aka Bo Snirly, presents Rapid Phones,
1: and let's start with Susan, upstate New York. Susan, how are you?
5: I'm hanging in there. Listen, the um, as far as these uh, gang members coming over the border, they're leaving. They're dumping their um, their IDs. The independent journalists like Ben uh, Berkwam and, and others. Find, you know, tens of thousands of them. These people don't, that uh, Bragg says he wants to identify. How are we going to identify all all these people? They make up addresses. So uh, good luck on us getting them out of the country, let alone, uh, you know, getting them off the streets so they stop beating the hell out of innocent people.
1: Amen to that, Susan. Absolutely point on everything that you said. George, Rockland County, you're up next.
5: Yeah,
4: hi, uh, uh, Mr. Golden. Okay, so I'd like to make a statement, expand if you let me, please. So i like to say that the Democratic Party is a party of the criminal. You just have to take a look. Uh, you know, all the laws that are passing here, the no bail, for example, uh, and then the higher uh, DA, like Bragg, that doesn't do what it's supposed to, or you have the Attorney General, Leticia, um, you know, that doesn't do what she's supposed to do here. And you have those people that coming illegally out of the border, and, and they support all the stuff. So, in my opinion, they are the party of the criminal. And I'd like to say that because we always, I always listen to another caller but the Adam. They're supposed to.
1: I don't want to. Oh, I, Adam from Minneola. Look, I got to cut you short here because we're running out of time. But you are right. The Democrats are the party of the criminal. No doubt about it. Why are we playing this? Instead of our regular theme, because last year on this date, America lost the loss was overwhelming. Burt Bacharach, American composer, singer, record producer, pianist, singer, icon, treasure, passed away at the age of ninety-four this day last year. So we thought you we'd leave you with some Burt Bacharach this afternoon. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you your families, your loved ones. Love and gratitude for your being here with me and allowing me to be with you. God willing, we are back tomorrow for the Friday edition of Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. Until then, bye. Bye.
0: that I won't